Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, hey, welcome to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King, and I'm your host today, answering your questions and taking your prayer requests. I want to welcome all of our listeners on Grace FM, all up and down the front range. It is truly a privilege to be able to be with you today on this beautiful Colorado day. It is, it's pretty hot today, uh, coming in at 95 degrees, something like that, uh, is where it's at, where I'm at. Man, it is, that is just hot. Uh, but it's a beautiful day out there and, um, just so thankful that we get to live in this country as we've just recently celebrated the 4th of July and, uh, just celebrating the, the fact that we live in a free nation and man, what an honor, what a privilege and uh, something to be thankful to the Lord for. It's because of that kind of freedom that uh, the Lord has given us through this country that we're able to do things like this, have a, a live call-in radio show where we can talk about things of the Bible and uh, not be limited by the government or told what we can say and what we can't say, but we can literally just talk through the things of the scriptures. What a what an amazing thing. Hey, I also want to welcome all of our listeners uh, on the East Coast, on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland. Welcome to all of you. It's awesome to be able to speak with you. Also, Truth FM in Tennessee, North Carolina, and Kentucky. If you're listening on the East Coast, I want to remind you that you're hearing this broadcast on a one-week delay, uh, but we still are here to take your call. So please call in, uh, send us text messages. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and so there's a couple of different ways that you can get a hold of us. Uh, and so also, uh, just want to welcome all of our listeners online through the Grace FM app as this, the app literally reaches worldwide and, uh, it, the, that Grace FM is, uh, heard all over the place, uh, throughout the, the globe. So we're excited to be able to connect with you today. Again, my name is Cody King. I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. Uh, we typically hold services in the reunion area in Commerce City uh, at Landmark Academy, but uh, due to all of the coronavirus stuff, we're currently on hold, kind of waiting to work with the school on that. Uh, so typically we would be holding services there, which is located uh, off of 104th Avenue, about two miles east of Highway 2. Uh, we, would ha we, we have our one Sunday morning service that we hold at 10 a.m., and love to have you join us. You can join us online at redemptioncalvary.org, uh, or we also broadcast on YouTube and Facebook. You can connect with us that way. Currently, we're going through the Book of Romans. It's been, man, it's been an awesome, awesome study. It's been one of those studies through the Book of Romans that I've kind of put off because it's such a big thing in, in my heart, in my mind. I have such uh, admiration and respect for the book of Romans. Not like I don't for the rest of scripture, but I don't know. There's just something a little different about that book that I want to, I wanted to kind of, I don't know, I guess be in the right place for it. And so, uh, we've been going through Romans. We're 12 weeks into that study. It has been 
epic. Uh, so I'd love to have you join us for that. Uh, you can get directions, listen to messages, uh, check out more information on our website, redemptioncalvary.org. Also, you can listen to our radio program here on Grace FM uh, weeknights, 8 p.m. Uh, and uh, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. And so because uh, our show airs at 8 p.m., that's going to be only four days a week, not the Wednesday slot. So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday at 8 p.m. Uh, and uh, currently, I think we're going through uh, the Ten Commandments uh, in our study uh, on the radio. It's been, man, that was a really cool study as well, just going through the Ten Commandments and looking at each one. Uh, every week as a study. So, hey, I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. That's how you can call, 303-690-3000. Or you can send me a text message as well at 720-336-0897. Just by way of reminder there, that text message line, no one's answering that line. It's purely text messages. So if you try to uh, call in, to that number, you're, you're not going to reach anybody. Uh, it's only for text messages. And a, another quick tip that I could give to you is maybe you could uh, create a contact in your uh, phone for these contacts. Maybe just label it as Calvary Live and save it in there as, you know, maybe, you know, maybe one as the call-in number, maybe another contact as the text uh, line or whatever. And that way, you know, you don't have to remember the number all the time, but you're able to also, uh, you know, just send those messages in or send that call in when you have it. Because I know for me, sometimes I think of a question uh, after the fact or after I've, you know, uh, forgotten what the number was or whatever. So here are those numbers again. If you want to write them down real quick or store them in your phone, the calling number is 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, three zero three six nine zero three thousand, and the text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And so we're going to go to the line, the phone call, uh, phone lines right now to line number one and Sandra in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, she has a question here for us. Hey, Sandra, you're on Calvary Live. Okay. Hi. So do I need to repeat my question? Yeah, what was your question? Okay, my question is I need to, in my mind, learn how to visualize uh, praying to Jesus versus praying directly to God when, in fact, they are to be seen as the Trinity and each one has slightly different functions. So when I pray to Jesus. I, I visualize him sitting on a throne next to God, but am I praying to Jesus and God at the same time? Because Scripture says that Jesus prayed to God. So if they're the three in one, how do I see them versus how Jesus prayed to God? Yeah, I think that's a really, really great question. And I kind of have, I guess, two answers to that question. One of them is more of like a, uh, I guess, sort of a, a formal theological answer. And the other one is more of just a practical type of an answer. Uh, and so on the one hand, from the practical side of things, um, I don't necessarily make a massive distinction in how you pray, whether it's praying to the Father, to the Son, to Jesus, or to the Holy Spirit. Because like you said, they're all they're all one. They're all the same God. It's not like three different deities, uh, and so that's where we have um, sort of a I don't know I guess a 
uh, potential confusion in that because it's hard for our minds to wrap around that concept, uh, that Trinitarian concept. And yet, so then the other side of it would be more of like a theological kind of an answer. And that's where uh, you alluded to this, Jesus prayed to the Father. And so uh, there are a lot of theologians that would say the proper prayer, the way that we should pray, is to say, pray to the Father, uh, and you're able to do that because Jesus the Son has given you access, and you pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so that's kind of the, the the thought line in there. You know, Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father who's in heaven. So it's directed to the Father. And then, um, you know, we're told in Second Timothy that there's one mediator between God and man. It's the man, Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the one who gives us access to the Father. And then uh, we pray by the power of of the Holy Spirit. And so there's kind of two different sides to that. And, and I, I guess I would say in that um, people tend to get really um, caught up on one or the other. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, if we draw lines that are too rigid uh, on that, then, you know, we're, I think we're making a potential, potentially legalistic thing out of something that's not as big of a deal. Um, does that kind of that kind of answer your questions? That broach a little bit of it. It does, and I think because I am such a visual person, I'm trying to figure out if I were to, and I know I probably can't do it, a visual drawing. So, based on what you're saying, can I visually go to paper and pencil and just figure out a to and from to see how that really works? And I think in my mind, that's what I wrestle with. Yeah. In my mind, I try to wrestle with it visually. Yeah. Uh, even though we don't see him as in our, with a human eye, I think because we work so much with seeing things in a visual form, I'm trying to see how that works, or another way of putting it, wrap my mind around all of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it's it's good. I think it's good to do that. I, I know that uh, there was for a very long time. Uh, I would sort of visualize something uh, as I, I prayed to the Lord uh, in that way. And so I, I think that that can be definitely very helpful. Um, but I would also say, you know, we tend to sort of view the father as like an old guy with a big, long gray beard or something. And, um, you know, it's uh, I, the scripture doesn't necessarily ever describe him that way. Um, the, the description we have in here is that uh, in the scriptures, is that in John chapter four, we see that there is, um, you know, Jesus describes the father as spirit. Um, and so there's not really form that we can hold on to there uh, with that. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I have a hard time with it personally, as far as that goes, but, you know, and even Jesus, you know, what is it, what does he look like? You know, how does that look? I don't know the, the descriptions that we have out of, um, you know, Revelation, uh, and, and there, you know, describe him with fiery eyes, a sword coming out of his mouth, things like that. Uh, and so there's, there's some descriptions that way, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a, a bad thing or a wrong thing to want to say, Hey, I, I'm going to do what I can to, uh, to visualize this. I think it's, it can be definitely helpful. Because, and the last thing I need to say is I think if I had to try to explain that to a young person, a child, or a teenager, if I can't do it to help them understand it, I see that would be a struggle for them. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah, it could definitely be a struggle. Uh, and I think that the biggest thing is to, you know, as Jesus said that, you know, going back to the John 4 reference and even the Holy Spirit uh, being spirit, um, is that there's really very little physical um, manifestation of the Lord in Scripture um, other than, you know, in the Old Testament, sometimes the Lord shows up looking like a man. Um, and so it would, you know, just kind of a, a normal kind of a person. I mean, even when we read the description of Jesus um, in, in Scripture, you know, the description we have is that he just kind of looked normal. You wouldn't pick him out and go, oh, yeah, that guy's Jesus. Look, he hovers above the ground and there's a halo around his head and he's glowing, you know. Um, and so kind of just a normal person. Because, and then the last thing I'll say is that in Scripture, when he tells, I think, the disciples or the apostles, if you see me, you've seen the Father. So, Yes, absolutely. I think that's a really, and that's exactly why I would, I would make that distinction to say, yes, there's a theological answer to this. You know, pray to the Father, by the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so I, I don't necessarily say there would be an issue with praying to each of the um, each of the, the members of the Trinity, I mean personally, that's what I do. I, I would I even ask the Holy Spirit to fill me, um, and I pray to Jesus for you know forgiveness of my sin, and pray to the Father you know at certain times as well. So um, yeah, I think that's that's a good application. I don't want to hog up the line, so I'll wait <laughs> for my second question. Give somebody else a chance to call in. All but right, sounds good. Second one. Okay, we look forward to hearing from you again, Sandra. Thanks for calling in. All right, God bless you. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Cody from uh, Redemption Calvary here in Commerce City, Colorado, taking your calls. I'd love to be able to hear from you. You can give me a call today at uh, 303-690-3000 or send in a text message at 720-336-0897. All right, let's go to line two and Carson uh, from Fort Collins. Uh, Carson, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, how's it going, sir? Doing well. How about you? Good. So what I just have question? a question. I just have a question with stuff I've been dealing with. Uh, I'm o- I'm only 18 and I'm not going to school. I just graduated and I'm going in the workforce. And all right. Uh, earlier in my life, I had some bad depression and stuff, and I feel it kind of kicking in again. And for the past two years, uh, one of my friends are religious. No one I work with is, except the only person I know really is my sister and a couple of her friends. But I rarely get to see them. And I listen to the radio. I listen to Grace FM. I listen to podcasts. I'm not really able to go to church anymore, but I listen to stuff online. But I still haven't felt a connection. And it's like sometimes... I'll be on it for a week, and I'll be feeling really good and super blessed. And then throughout, then I just crash, and I don't feel anything. I don't know what else to try, honestly. Yeah, so what do you mean by, um, like, you're feeling it, and then you don't feel anything? Can you describe that for me a little bit more? Well, um, I don't know. I guess it's probably just with my mind and nothing with God. It's just how probably just how the week goes or something but when i go fly fishing and i'm on the river and stuff like when i'm kind of away from society and all that's when i really feel blessed and i feel god but i don't always feel him like i don't always feel blessed i don't know why i try yeah. everything but all right 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I totally understand that, that idea. You know, I think one of the things that God does with us is um, he uses our emotion from time to time to provoke us in the right direction. Um, simultaneously true, our emotion can be provoked in the wrong direction. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know what it's like to feel like doing something that you know is absolutely wrong. Uh, and you're, you're grateful that you didn't follow those feelings, or you think back and you go, man, I, I shouldn't have done what I felt. Um, and so I think that's where it's really important for us to, um, to know and then go you know, live our lives based out of what we know. Um, essentially, if you let truth lead your life, then um, you force your feelings to follow that. But if you allow your feelings to lead your life, they're going to lead you all over the place. They're going to, sometimes you're going to feel great. You're going to feel blessed. You're going to think that, you know, the, the Lord is in this place because I had this spiritual moment, whether, you know, whether it was at a certain building in a certain location, you know, like you described fly fishing, something like that. And you're going to get this idea. Maybe God is more present in these places. Um, and that's just a, an emotional kind of a thing. And if you allow your emotions to rule and run your life, you're going to end up on a spiritual roller coaster, sometimes up, sometimes down, sometimes feeling great, sometimes really low. And uh, that will make you feel crazy. Uh, and it'll make you doubt God. You'll, you'll, you'll think maybe something's wrong with the Lord. Maybe, maybe God's abandoned me. Maybe he doesn't like me anymore. Maybe I, maybe I sinned and I knew I shouldn't have. And because I did that thing, now God's punishing me. And all of those are lies from the enemy. Uh, they're lies de developed and designed to get us to not trust in the Lord and not uh, allow him to have his right place. Um, so if, if there's anything I could encourage you with, I would actually encourage you with um, something that we went through recently here at Redemption Calvary. Uh, it's the, we're, we're currently studying through the book of Romans. And uh, one of the things that, that it talks about in the book of Romans is that there are these mental shifts that have to take place in order for you to win your war. You know, there's this war with sin all the time. There's this war with uh, spiritual things all the time that you're constantly in. And it, it requires some mental shifts. And we've got to be able to go through these mental shifts in order to be able to grow and develop in maturity. And so Romans chapter 6 lays out these mental shifts through chapter 6 and 7. And uh, um, so, you know, essentially the structure of it, as you look at Romans 6, is that there are these, there's this one word that repeats itself, and it's uh, no, the word no, to, to understand or know. It says in verse 3, do you not know that as many were, as were baptized, and it goes through a thought there, and then in verse 6, knowing this, and then in verse 9, knowing this, and then again in verse 16, um, do you not know? So there's this thing that you need to know. Uh, and there are multiple things that are, that need to know. And what they have to do with is mental shifts. When you, um, when you have these mental shifts, they allow you then to not be so ruled by situations, circumstance, or even emotions. Um, and so as we, as we consider that, I think that that's a, a big component to, to those ideas. And if you want to maybe listen into that, I, I, you're welcome to. Uh, we have a podcast and a, uh, 
uh, YouTube channel where you could check out that teaching in Romans 6. And I think that might be helpful for you. Uh, but I think something else that you said is that, you know, you struggle with um, not really having a lot of uh, Christian influence in your life. Right? Uh, you were saying that you're, you're sometimes around your sister. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, you know what Young Life is? Yeah. Yeah. So I did a Young Life camp in winter for one weekend. Uh, okay. And that was like one of the best weekends of my life. And my sister is a Young Life leader, so I went there because of that. Sure. Uh, that's how that's how she got hooked on Jesus too. So, yeah, that was something that I wish I could just be doing all the time because it was awesome. For but sure. But other yeah. than that, it's just my sister, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Not my well, parents or any of my friends. And I hang around with all my friends and all my friends party and drink and everything. So it's hard that makes to it difficult steer for away sure. from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and it's, it's one of the things that you're describing, I think, is an essential component to Christian living, and it's, it's called fellowship. Um, and that's one of the things that is so difficult about this time with all the things that our churches are trying to navigate with dealing with coronavirus and all the social distancing. And while on the one hand, there's this scientific and medical uh, approach to it all, and, and there's all that, and I won't really say anything about that because I'm not a scientist. What I will say is, as a pastor— spiritually, it is absolutely devastating for you to be alone in the Lord. You you were created for fellowship. You were created for community. You need other believers pursuing Jesus with you. That's what's going to keep you on fire for the things of the Lord, just like what you described. You went to this camp, a bunch of people chasing Jesus together, and you just feel invigorated in your spirituality, in your Christianity. And uh, that's necessary. You need other people in your life. And so, you know, to that, I would I would say, do what you can to participate in a church and and have a church that's your your home church that you are part of. Uh, do more than just go there, serve at that church. And I know all that's difficult in this season, and may, maybe that doesn't look the same as it usually does. But those are essential components to growing in your faith. Yes, sir. Right on. Well, do you mind if I pray with you? Yes, sir. All right, let's pray. Father, I pray for Carson. I pray that you would encourage him and that you would show him how much you care for him. I pray that when he has those moments of feeling disconnected, feeling like he's taken out of the things of the Lord, that he's discouraged and feels depression coming on, that, Lord, you would draw near to him in those moments and that you would remind him of your great love for him. I pray that he would be reminded of the cross. I pray that he would even see uh, Jesus laying down his life for our sins, and that that would be a reminder of the deep, great love of God for him. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would surround him with godly influences. I pray that you would give him amazing godly friends that encourage him, that uplift him, that help him to go the right direction. And uh, Father, I pray that you would uh, cause him to be uh, a, a man that not only is established in you, but helps others to be established in you as well. So Lord, I pray that you would give him encouragement and uh, bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for calling Thank in you, today, sir. Have a good night. Yeah, you as well. God bless you, bro. All right. You're uh, listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King here in studio, taking your calls and your prayer requests uh, today. Would love to be able to hear from you. You can give me a call at 303-690-3000 or send a text message to 720 336 
1-800-529-1097. Let's go to line three and Jeremy in Greeley. Hi, Jeremy. You're on Calvary Live. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. So my question was, um, I recently I've kind of had like a mini revival in my life. Um, awesome. I've been reading the Bible every single day, pretty much for the last two, three weeks, and um, feel really good about it. But this last, this week specifically, I've had a lot of. Um, it's really weird. I've had some temptations every single time. Right when I go down to sit down on the couch before work, I just have temptations, specifically pornography that come in my head. Thankfully, I haven't done it like this week, you know, recently, but I feel like every time I, every time I I sit down to spend with God, like every time I sit down to pray or read the Bible, that's when it comes up throughout the whole day. It never comes up. It's just during that moment. So I was just wondering maybe why, why do you think that is? Or I don't know. I don't really know what exactly I'm asking, but for sure. I think it's a great question. Absolutely. I, I think what you're experiencing is spiritual warfare. Um, you know, we are in a very real spiritual fight. And the truth is that when you begin to make headway in the things of the Lord, uh, then you can experience uh, spiritual warfare. Think of it like this. It's like, you know, uh, fish that uh, the salmon, when they try to swim upstream, you know, they're fighting against the current. And uh, that's sometimes that's the way that you know you're going the right way is that you start to feel the current pushing against you. There is a flow of this world. There is a flow of satanic influence to get you distracted and pulled away from the things of the Lord, to keep you ensnared to sin, to keep you enslaved to sin. And in that, um, you know, you are, you're going to experience some sort of uh, spiritual warfare, especially when you look to make advances uh, in your life for the things of the Lord. Uh, one of the big things to think about in this is the idea of momentum. You know, when you have momentum, it's easier to move something. If you think of a, a huge, like, atlas stone that's even bigger than you, if you try to start pushing it, it's going to be really hard to push in the very beginning. You might push with all your might, and you barely get that thing moving at all. But eventually, if you keep pushing it, you're going to get it rolling and it's going to be moving and it's going to take very little effort to keep it moving. Um, And then you can experience breakthrough in your life in areas where previously, man, it was just really hard. It was like, I, I could push against this wall all day long and I'm never going to get through it. But now all of a sudden there's breakthrough. Why? Momentum. Well, here's the thing you've had momentum in your life carrying you the wrong direction for quite some time. And so changing that momentum is going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. And as you're looking to change that momentum by seeking the Lord and experiencing this personal revival and diving into the scriptures and seeking the Lord and asking him for the ability to overcome sin and to be useful in his kingdom, you better believe there's a very real enemy who really hates you and really wants to take you down. And so as you're trying to build that good momentum, uh, be sure to, number one, trust in the Lord and ask for him. Don't lean on your own understanding, like Zechariah chapter 4, but lean on the Lord and his strength, and he'll He'll help carry you through it. He'll be the one that gives you the, the power and the, and the strength to do it. But secondly, um, just keep going. I, I think that's one of the biggest things. You know, it's like um, with my kids. I have four kids. 
uh, and uh, you know my, my children. It seems like I, what my oldest is about to turn 16 here real soon, and uh, you know I I think about her. And I think back to the day she was born, and it's in, in my mind just as vivid as it, as it was yesterday. And uh, as I think about her and her age and where she's at, man, I'm, I, it's easy for me to think, how did I go from having a baby to having this woman living in my home? Um, well, the way it happened is every single day, she just grew a little bit. And so too it is with you and your spiritual life. Every Just grow a little every single day. Um, just keep keep moving forward in the Lord every single day. And as the enemy presses the attack, look at those as, as opportunities to trust in the Lord even more and ask the Lord for the strength even more and, uh, and keep seeking, seeking him through it all. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome, Jeremy. God bless you, man. All right. Well, you hear the music there. So uh, we are going to be heading to a break, but I look forward to talking to you on the other side and uh, we'll answer some more calls. God bless you. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King here in studio taking your calls and your prayer requests. Uh, I'm the pastor of Redemption Calvary, uh, which is a church here in Commerce City, Colorado. It's a suburb of Denver. Um, and uh, we've been here in Commerce City for just over six years. Uh, the Lord's been doing a really great work here in Commerce City. We're excited to be able to participate in it. My family and I moved here from Southern California about six and a half years ago and started a home Bible study and just uh, praying and seeking the Lord. God, would you would you plant a church here? Is that something that you want to do? It's what we felt like he called us to do and felt like uh, that's what the Lord had for us. And so we've been uh, putting our hand to the plow, doing that work now for uh, six and a half years. And uh, uh, we did a home Bible study for about a year and then officially launched five years ago uh, as a church. And it's been uh, just amazing to be able to serve the people of Commerce City in this region, this area up here in the northeast part of Denver. Um, and uh, just a, a privilege to be able to partner with the other amazing uh, uh, pastors and uh, people of the Lord here in the Denver area to serve the Lord. Hey, I uh, uh, just want to welcome our listener, listeners on Grace FM up and down the front range and also Hope FM and Truth FM. If you're on the East Coast listening on Hope FM or Truth, Truth FM, I want to remind you that you're listening on a one-week delay. So uh, just remember that when you call in, you may not necessarily be talking to the same person about the same thing um, when you call in. Um, but we'd still love to hear from you. So please still call and uh, send in your text messages. We'd love to hear from you uh, as well. As well as if you're on the Grace FM app, uh, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you wherever you're at, um, whether you can hear us on the you know physical radio or not. Um, give me a call, 303-690-3000, or send a text message at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one now. And uh, Sherry in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Sherry, you're on Calvary Live. Hi. Hi. What can we do for you so, today? Yeah, so um, I have a question pertaining, it's, it's not only to masking, but I'll use that as an example. 
There's a okay. lot of our, our rights, so to speak, um, being challenged, I guess, today um, from a lot of people's perspectives. And talking about the mask alone, I'm not, I'm not always the one to fight for the little things. Um, I'm not always one to stand up for, for smaller things. It's the bigger things that I'll speak up to. So I'm a little confused right now that a lot of my Christian friends are very heated about the mask. They feel like um, they are challenging their trust and belief in God to keep them safe, and that um, they're pushing fear onto them. So uh, they talk about, you know, very boastfully, I'm not going to wear the mask. I don't have to wear the mask. And when I voice that it's really not that big of a deal to put the mask on when you walk into a store, um, I'm, I'm kind of outcasted. In this, so I'm trying to figure out: Am I missing something <laughs> that I huh. should be fighting about this, or um, just really where does God stand on that? Yeah, I think that's a really, really great question. Um, you know, when I think about Scripture, you know, particularly, I'm not going to be able to turn to a book of the Bible and say, "Here's a verse that says thou shalt wear masks <laughs> or not." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, this is one of those areas that's that gray area of life, right? Um, there's not really a particular thing that commands us this way or that way. And so that's where we've got to take the principles of Scripture and begin to apply them in uh, these various ways. And to that, I would say Romans 14 really speaks clearly and directly to this idea. Uh, in Romans 14, um, it describes the idea of, um, you know, people who are, uh, they feel free, and other people who don't feel free. And the example that's used is in eating or in uh, the ideas of, of observing certain days and certain festivals. It says in verse 14, or verse 1 of Romans 14, Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. I think that's really the the idea that kind of gets to the heart of it. In fact, the entire chapter goes on to really describe this thought a little bit more uh, with more detail and a few more different angles. But I think that's really the heart of it all there is that this really isn't something to divide over. Uh, it's something to where we can be fully convinced in our own mind as we seek to honor the Lord and to say, listen, I, I'm going to, I can just do this. It's not a big deal. Or I really don't want to do this. And, uh, you know, I'm also going to make it not a big deal. Um, I think that the ones who make it a big deal are the ones who describe there in uh, verse, uh, let's see, verse two. It says, uh, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. And here's the context of what's happening in Romans 14. Essentially in Romans 14, they're saying, if you buy meat from the market, man, that meat is tainted. It was offered to idols. It's evil meat. You can't mm -hmm. eat that meat. Otherwise, you're participating in this spiritual debauchery of demon worship. And, you know, people who are uh, mature in their faith would say, yeah, but there's no such thing as idols, so I'm just going to go buy the meat, you know? So there's mm -hmm. people who are more mature in their faith, and they're able to make it not a big deal. And there's people who are not as mature, and they make it a big deal. And so I would just, you know, to that, I would just say, uh, this is one of those gray areas. You know, do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? How does it all go? People like to throw in there the idea of, uh, in Romans, uh, I think it's 16, it talks about 
um, or no, um, thinking of the wrong thing. Oh, it's actually First Corinthians thirteen that talks about the idea of you know submitting to the gov- you know the governing authorities that are over you, and so they put that in there as well. And so mm-hmm. all of that to say, I think that it's one of those things that we don't have really super clear direction in Scripture. And so I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where we can just give grace to one another and uh, allow each other to make decisions based on how we feel uh, the Lord's leading us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't, you know, I think it's, uh, it's one of those things that really, as far as a spiritual, scriptural kind of a thing, it really makes no difference here nor there. Um, And, you know, people have lots of, you know, I could, I could give you 10 reasons why you should wear a mask and I can give you 10 reasons why you shouldn't wear a mask. So people mm-hmm. can, they draw lines all over the place on this one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm seeing that. Definitely. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Awesome. Yeah. Good to hear from you, Sherry. Yeah. Thank you. All right. God bless you. Mm-hmm, you too. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King, uh, taking your calls here today. Uh, on Grace FM. It's just a privilege to be able to be with you. I'd love to hear from you. You can give me a call at 303-690-3000 or send a text message at 720-336-0897. I believe we have open lines right now, so this would be a great time. If you've got a question or you're thinking about uh, calling in, then uh, this is a great time to be able to jump in and do that. Uh, I'll go to the text line and see what we got going on in there. Uh, Someone sends a text that says uh, their sister in Christ last week in a Bible study said something that was shocking. Uh, Please tell me if she was right. She said that God never spoke in the Bible. She said Jesus spoke for God, like when in Genesis, God said, let there be light. She says, is uh, Jesus talking for God? Um, so, you know, uh, to that, I would say sort of, but uh, I wouldn't draw the line as uh, distinctly as that. Um, the scripture doesn't um, really specifically tell us uh, all the time when the Lord is speaking that it's that it's Jesus that's the one that's talking. Now, in this exact situation that, the, that your sister in Christ has um, referenced, She's totally right. And the reason for that is because Colossians actually tells us uh, this this reality. Let me see if I can find it real quick uh, in Colossians. I believe it's Colossians chapter 1 that uh, Jesus is the one who is the one who created everything. And so it actually um, attributes this to him. Uh, Yeah, here it's Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16. It says this, he is the image of the invisible God, speaking of Jesus. So he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation for by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. So this specifically in verse 16 attributes the creative work to Jesus. Um, and when you take that back to Genesis and you see that God spoke and then it was, uh, that would that would seem to me to connect those thoughts together. So I think that that's a good theological thing to connect, but I wouldn't take the jump so far as to say, whenever God speaks in the Bible, it's not God. It's always Jesus. I don't, I don't think that you can necessarily make that jump. That's a, that's a large assumption uh, that the Bible does not make. And that's a, a great question. 
Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King here in uh, studio, taking your calls and your uh, prayer requests. Give me a call at 303-690-3000 or send in a text message at uh, 720-336-0897. Another text message line that we have in here is, do you think conservatives should get involved in politics and what should the boundaries be? Hey, you know, I think that's a really, really great question. And the reason it's a great question is because people have a hard time with knowing what to do with politics. Um, You know, we've been told for a really, really long time, you don't discuss religion and you don't discuss politics. And I think that those are uh, the two areas that you absolutely should be discussing. Um, that, That mentality has been such a really devastating thing in our culture. And what it's done is it's created this uh, this cultural attitude where people divide and make camps. And then the camps don't talk to one another. They just lob bombs at one another. And they say, well, you're bad and you're evil because... And then they fill in the blank with whatever instead of actually talking through things. And I think that what you'll find is that if you just talk to people and you talk to them, not like they're idiots, but like they're people with thoughts and you just try to have a conversation, what you'll find is that most people are actually reasonable. Most people aren't those evil villains that you've been told they are. Um, and so, you know, the the tactic of the enemy is to divide us and to get us separated from one another. And uh, so I would encourage you to take a moment to be, uh, to go back to, um, you know, people and just to just have conversations, especially people who have different opinions than you. It's a good thing. It's good. And maybe what you'll find is that uh, some of your opinions should shift a little bit on some different things. Now, to your specific question, do I think conservatives should get involved in politics? Absolutely. I think that we need um, uh, people in um, political in the political arena, I think that um, you know I'm going to take this not to say conservatives, but I'm going to say Christians. Should Christians get involved in politics? Um, and I think absolutely. I think Christians should be involved in every sector of um, of our our culture, of our um, you know media, all of those kinds of things. Uh, Christians should be involved in all of these things, from entertainment to politics government, um, and the like. And so I would say we absolutely need Christians in those places and we need Christians to be able to exercise influence for the Lord, uh, because we know that when, uh, Christians, not just by name, but Christians by the way that they actually believe and actually live their lives when they're in positions of authority and power, man, it's better for everybody. It's always better for everybody in that, in that, uh, type of a a situation. Uh, But the opposite is true as well. I think it's uh, Proverbs, I want to say maybe 18, I'll have to look it up. But it says, when the wicked are in power, then everybody groans. Uh, And so we need, we need Christians to be participating in every sector of, uh, of our society. And politics is not excluded from that as well. Hey, my name is Cody King. I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary in Commerce City, Colorado, and it's my privilege to be able to be with you today on Calvary Live. Uh, You can give me a call at 303-690-3000 or send a text in at 720-336-0897. There was a caller who called in and didn't want to be on air from Maryland, and uh, she said she's considering leaving an abusive spouse who is not a Christian. 
what should she do? And she also wants prayer. Hey, um, you know, to you, this caller, uh, unnamed caller, I just uh, want to let you know, first off, my heart goes out to you. Um, I'm so sorry to hear that you're in such a situation. Um, and so what, what I would say is that this is something that is far too intricate and far too delicate for us to try to be able to handle over the airwaves like this in just a couple of minutes. Um, but I would direct you to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it describes the idea of what to do when there's a believer and a non-believer in a marriage relationship. Um, and so, you know, you're, you're, uh, question says that there's abuse happening here. I would say don't stay in an abusive situation, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean divorce is the thing to do. So um, what I would encourage you to do is seek some biblical counsel from your pastor. Um, call your pastor, set up a meeting, uh, and get some biblical advice from the pastor or maybe women's ministry leader in your local church. That's going to be the thing that's going to give you uh, the best um uh, direction from the Lord, because they're going to be able to sit with you and talk with you and spend time um, going through this together with you. All right, let's go to line one and Laura in Colorado Springs. Hi, Laura. This is uh, Calvary Live. You're on the air. Laura, are you there? Yes. Hi, Laura. You. You're on. You're on. I'm you're sorry. on the air. Uh, I was so intensely listening to what you were saying about the last person that. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't no problem. I was on another on another uh, wavelength. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a delay from when I say it to when you hear it. So, uh, what was your what was your question, Laura? My question is that it, it it's similar to what your last uh, caller was asking, but only it's not in my situation. It's it's in my daughter's that. You have a, a person that um, is a believer, or they're supposedly a believer, but they're currently separated. And how do you encourage that person to realize that he needs to lead his family through God? Hmm. Yeah, and is that the, the person you're talking about? Is that, uh, is he the believer? He says he's a believer, and he comes okay. from a very large family from the New York City area that I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that established a very large church out there in the uh, 50s and um, had a calling. And it just his family is so involved in that, and yet, for some reason, he's not. Gotcha. Yeah. So he's uh, he's in a situation where he's separated from his his spouse, and, and is that your your daughter? Yes, yes. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yes. and, and, uh, and they have four kids. You have four kids, and your daughter is a believer. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's definitely a really difficult, very rough situation. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that is really um, important um, and sort of missing in culture is men who will be men. Um, and I think that it's, it's really necessary for men to be spoken to like men. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, um, we read that, uh, let me flip over there real quick. Uh, it tells us in 1 Corinthians, actually, it's, uh, let me see. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. It says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. 
And uh, in that, you know, the, that translation where it says, be brave, uh, another way to translate that is act like men. Um, I, I think of David as he's dying and he's talking to Solomon and he says, he says um, basically tells him to be a man, to, to take courage and to take his role and responsibility seriously. And I think that that's where there needs to be more of a call for men to be men, which is counterintuitive to our culture today. Basically, our culture today says men are toxic, men are the problem, and because men are the problem, we need men to be more like women. Uh, that's, that's getting us absolutely the opposite result of what we need. We need men that are going to be godly men. Uh, and so to that, I would say that he's going to need to have another man tell him that. Uh, there's, a, there's just a, a certain way that a man can speak to another man. Um, there's a different kind of authority and power that it comes with. And, uh, so, you know, I would, I would say he, you know, there needs to be some, probably some pastoral counseling, uh, probably some sort of intervention in that, but it's, it's going to need to come from, uh, another man to tell him it's time to man up and to lead your family. Okay. And let me just ask you, how do we support that situation? I try very hard not to, uh, take sides because you know, in a marriage that there's always two sides to every story. And we try not to be unkind to him, but constantly showing love and, and concern. And sometimes I wonder if that doesn't backfire on us. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a, uh, there's a way in which you can be, um, under the guise of kindness, actually coddling sinfulness. Um, and so I, I think there's discernment and wisdom within that. You know, I, I, I think about, I have four daughters and, you know, if there's a man treating my daughter this way, we're going to have some pretty direct words. Um, I'm not going to put up with it. Um, and so I'm not going to, I think that really Christianity has been hijacked by the idea of niceness. Um, and people have taken the idea of being nice and taken that as some sort of Christian virtue. Well, that's not necessarily what the Bible tells us to do. I mean, Jesus wasn't very nice when he was flipping tables and making a whip and calling the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. That wasn't nice, um, but it was the right thing to do. It was it was kind in terms of calling them to repentance. It was loving because they needed to be shaken out of their sinful state. And, and so I think that, you know, we've got to really be careful with just being nice all the time. That's not necessarily the, the most appropriate thing to do. Nice isn't, the Bible doesn't say be nice. It does say be kind. It does say be loving. It does say be generous. But sometimes coddling people in their sin is actually the worst thing you could do for them. It's not kind to them at all. Okay. That's a, that's a great suggestion. And I think what you're saying about men being men anymore, they're, they're, they're not. I'm yeah. sorry. It's it's it, they're far and few between. It it uh, it really does take a man that stands up for God, and and takes that position. Amen. And I just feel that if 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 he doesn't ever take that position, I don't know how he plans on directing his family. Absolutely. There's four kids involved, and it's just, you're not talking a small group here. It, that's yeah. a lot of children to be responsible for. Amen. Absolutely. I, I think the biggest thing that you can do to support this is pray that the Lord would bring conviction upon his soul, that that the hand of God would be heavy upon him and bring him to the end of himself. I think that's the, the greatest thing that you could do, because it's going to take God intervening. Only the Lord can change Absolutely. people's hearts. 
Awesome. Well, it's great to talk to you, Laura. I, I pray that uh, the Lord directs you in all this. I know it's not simple and not easy, but uh, uh, I pray that the Lord gives you direction. Thank you. Can I ask you for just a quick prayer in Absolutely. this? Absolutely. Yes. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for just how good you are. We want to thank you for the way that you are so kind and so generous. And yet, Lord, you're just and you bring um, correction. And Lord, we pray that you would do that in this young man's life, that he would come to the end of himself, that you would, he would find himself under the constant conviction of, of you, Lord, that your hand would press down heavily upon him, and that he would, uh, like it says of the prodigal son, he would come to himself and realize that he has this role and responsibility, and that he would submit himself to it wholeheartedly for your glory, and that uh, you, you would uh, see this whole family turn around. And we pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you right. so much. You're God welcome. bless you. God bless you. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. We've got a couple of minutes left. I'm going to go to line two and Mary Kay in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania. Mary Kay, you're on Calvary Live. Yeah. Hi. Uh, you're on Hi. Line. You're on, on the air. Yeah. What was your question? I got arthritis in my finger. It's it's in my left hand. All right. Well, let's pray for you. Father, we want to lift up Mary Kay to you and pray that you would um, bring healing upon her. We know that your word says that you're the great physician, that you know us inside and out, that you know that we can um, trust in you for the hope of healing, um, that, God, you've you've created our bodies. And as Mary Kay is dealing with arthritis and the pain and the difficulty of life that that brings, we pray that you bring her comfort and that you would bring her some relief uh, and that you bring healing to her. So, Father, I pray that you would uh, allow her to experience your presence even with her today. And uh, we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Calvary Live. And... Uh, uh, my name is Cody King, and I'm the pastor at Redemption Calvary. We just got a couple of minutes left uh, to the end of the show. Let's see. I'll look at the uh, text line here and see if I can grab uh, a text here. Someone says, oh, it's uh, uh, Benita. Hey, Benita, it's great to hear from you. Thanks for your prayers. Um, and uh, thank you for praying for Redemption Calvary. I, I appreciate that. Uh, you say here that you got a friend that's under great spiritual warfare says he has bite marks from demons, calls himself a Christian. Is it possible for him to be a believer and experiencing a physical attack? Uh, I always believe greater is he who is in you than greater is he, he who is in the world. Thoughts? Uh, blessing, brother. Yeah, this is one of those that uh, sort of transcends the stuff that the Bible talks about in terms of experience. Um, you know, there's been reports of people saying things like this, uh, that they experience these kinds of things, but, uh, I definitely agree with you in the thought of greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Um, and so it's possible for Christians to experience attack externally, uh, and even internally in terms of a mental attack, uh, from, from demons, or uh, from Satan. It's highly unlikely that any of us would be attacked by Satan himself, uh, but from demons. Um, but, uh, you know, possession, things like that are absolutely un impossible for those who are in Christ. Light and darkness cannot be in the same place. And so it's absolutely impossible for that uh, to take place. I, so I would say, um, you know, let's pray for him 
and uh, and ask for the Lord to bring deliverance. Father, we want to lift up this uh, friend of Benita, that you would cause him to be able to uh, experience deliverance from these spiritual attacks. And uh, Lord, if it is uh, not what he thinks it is, then I pray that you would reveal that to him. But if it is demonic spiritual attack, we pray that you would bring him deliverance because we know that you are stronger and that you are greater. We pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, all right. So uh, let's see. I got another text here from, let's see, Teresa in Maryland. Uh, information. Okay, so she's she's uh, given some text message of, uh, to a caller who was last last week uh, from uh, the Lamont area, been been in Colorado. Uh, that uh, this person wants to say that they had a similar struggle, and God gave them the wonderful book by James McDonald, "The Way of Wisdom: Finding Direction and Freedom in God's Will." So, uh, Ben, if you happen to be listening, then uh, maybe that would be a good resource for you. Um, hey, my name's Cody King. I'm the pastor at Redemption Calvary. It's been my pleasure, my privilege to be with you today um, and uh, just to be able to answer your questions, pray with you. Uh, such a, a privilege and an honor to be able to do that. Like I said, I'm the uh, pastor at Redemption Calvary here in Commerce City, Colorado. Uh, we would love to have you join us when we get back to live services. We currently are doing online services only, and uh, I would appreciate your prayers as there are a number of us uh, churches, church planters, um, even established churches that have been around for a while where we hold services in schools. And because of all the coronavirus issues going on, uh, we are not able to hold services in person. And so I just want to ask for your prayers, that you would pray for the churches to be able to get back together. Uh, but um, you can catch our website, redemptioncalvary.org, for more information. Look forward to being with you again. God bless. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.